The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Some Sadducees, those who deny that there is a resurrection, came forward and put this question to Jesus, saying, Teacher, Moses wrote for us, If someone's brother dies, leaving a wife but no child, his brother must take the wife and raise up descendants for his brother. Now there were seven brothers. The first married a woman but died childless. Then the second and the third married her. And likewise, all the seven childless all seven died childless. Finally, the woman also died. Now, at the resurrection, whose wife will that woman be? For all seven had been married to her. Jesus said to them, The children of this age marry and remarry, but those who are deemed worthy to attain to the coming age and to the resurrection of the dead neither marry nor are given in marriage. They can no longer die, for they are like angels, and they are the children of God, because they are the ones who will rise. That the dead will rise, even Moses made note in the the passage about the bush, when he called out, Lord, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And he is not God of the dead, but of the living, for to him all are alive. The Gospel of the Lord. We have to go back to that first reading with Maccabees for numerous reasons. The first, we just don't get to hear often from the book of Maccabees. It's, it's not a common used book in the lectionary, uh, but when it is used, it's, it's kind of in the same season and era. And secondly, I think it's just really important because other Christian Bibles, the, the Protestant Bibles, they, it's one of the books they don't include is the books of Maccabees. Um, And there's different arguments as to why all that is, but we only get a a portion of a a bigger story there today. Uh, When we hear about these seven brothers and their mother who are essentially being tortured and killed uh, in order to try to uh, dissuade them from their faith and and eat pork. Now you might look at that passage and think, okay, just just eat the pork, you know, like it's just, just do it. Like is your life really worth some, some meat? And the, we have to understand some things culturally. We have to understand some things historically. At that point, so we're, but Maccabees is written around 100 BC, right? So still in the Israeli culture, in the Israelite culture, in the Jewish culture, swine, pork, would have been seen as an unclean thing. Now, we look at this in the modern era, and like, who hasn't eaten bacon before, okay? Everyone's had bacon. It's delicious. But that would have been an unclean animal for them to consume, and so while other Hellenistic Jews were, you know, kind of like, like switching out their beliefs, like, oh, it's not so bad, I'll eat it. There was people that were kind of staying to uh, the law, and you could almost would say they were being too rigid, but their witnesses, essentially, uh, the, the Israeli Jewish martyrdom, what we'd consider a martyrdom by Christian standards, because they're unwilling to defy the laws of God. 
Now, the longer version of that, of that section of Maccabees is beautiful because you hear then like the mother encouraging and giving affirmations to her sons. Like, you can do this. Stay the path. Like, there's a, there's a reason and a purpose for what you're doing. But, but let's just consider some other things here. In our Christian faith, the following of Jesus, this is a generic fact, the following of Jesus proclaims the goodness of the body. This is just, everywhere we look in Scripture, Jesus is always affirming the goodness of the body. And we affirm the goodness of the body, which affirms that God will one day restore and transform our bodies. So that's the other problem, and, and that's kind of a segue into the, the Sadducees. The Sadducees were Jewish scholars who only ever looked at the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible. And so they were very rigid in this idea that there's no resurrection. And we're so adamant about a resurrection because God glorifies the body. So when you hear this in the, in the reading of Maccabees, you've got all these things happening. You've got this, this, the Jewish culture, like, inwardly fighting against itself about like should I eat the pork and I eat the pork is it too rigid of a law is it not rigid enough you've got the people who are literally dying for their faith in that regard because of it and then you've got people who denying the resurrection of the body and yet as Christians we we know the dignity and the goodness and the beauty of the body okay lots of layers but let's look back so one of the brothers says this what do you intend to ask and learn from us when they're trying to torture them, like, hey, like, change your opinion. Like, what, what are you trying to ask and learn from us? For we are ready to die rather than transgress the laws of our fathers. Like, what you have to, like, share with me is not going to change where I stand. I'm ready to die for this. Okay, that's really powerful. And then when he, in his last verse said, <laughs> my translation is a little different. You accursed wretch. You dismiss us from this present life, but the king of the universe will raise us up to an everlasting renewal of life because we have died for his laws. So even here in the Old Testament, in Maccabees, they have this understanding of the resurrection. So that, that's what's conflicting now with, with the Sadducees later on. So in Maccabees, the end of the Old Testament, they believe in the goodness and the glory of the body. They know there's a resurrection. So they're like, you know, you can kill us. <laughs> That's fine. But we know that we stood for what was good and true, and we're going to be transformed regardless. So bring it on. And then they keep going. So another one of the brothers. When he hands out, uh, he, <laughs> this is so cool. Uh, he put out his tongue and stretched out his hands. And he says, I got these from heaven. So again, he recognizes like his body, his gift of himself, is from God. He's like, I got this from God. He's probably, I don't think he's like, I got this from God. I don't think he did that. But you can imagine he stuck out his tongue. Okay, that was a, a joke. Thank you from the one person that left. Two people. Moving on. I got these from heaven, and because of his laws, I disdain them. That's kind of weird. Like, why do you hate your own body? He doesn't. But from him, I hope to get them back. He's like, they're not mine. They're, it's fine. I, I'll get them back. As a result, the king himself and those with him were astonished at the young man's spirit because he regarded his sufferings as nothing. He's like, my suffering? It's not that big of a deal because there's something better. Okay, that's an important thing. And then lastly, the, the last brother, or one of the other brothers. 
one cannot but choose to die at the hands of men and to cherish the hope that God gives of being raised again by him. Another reference to the resurrection, to life beyond. But for you, there will be no resurrection to life. Whoa. It's like what you're doing is wrong. Okay. We take this into our modern day standing, okay? 2022. I haven't seen as of late anyone being forcibly thrown in jail or tortured or slaughtered or made to change their eating habits. So we don't have to deal with the same contention here. But to what lengths, and this is a question we have to think ourselves, to what lengths am I willing to stand up for my beliefs? What are the lengths I'm willing to go to stand up as a Christian in 2022? So that begs another question. What events in my life or in the world have caused me to question faith in God? I just don't think he's real. I don't believe in the Eucharist. I don't believe in what we're doing. But okay, like what? What's caused that? Like let's have a conversation about that. What's affected us in such a way that we struggled to believe his love for us? I, I don't know. I, I don't have an answer because I, I don't have that struggle right now. I fully believe in the resurrection. I'm fully willing to lay down my life for the Lord. And yet there's people who are in this parish, who are in this town, who are in this world, who have these struggles. So the first part, like, what am I willing to do to stand up for my faith? But then also, conversely, what's affected my faith? What needs to be addressed? We have to address that. And so I I invite that conversation. I am here for it. You know, some would look at this this reading and they'd say that God abandoned them. You know, like, well, this is just God, like, look at the Maccabees reading, like, God abandoned those people. But you could say the same about Job. You know, he lost his whole family, his whole livelihood, he lost everything. You could talk about Moses, right? Like, he takes the people out, they wander for 40 years, he dies before he gets to see the promised land. He's talk about Abraham, right? He's like, here's all your descendants. By the way, kill your son. Like, you could say, like, this, like, there's a constant abandonment, and yet, every single time, God provides beyond what they could ever have imagined. The story continues to go because there's more beyond just this earthly existence. So we can choose to interpret these scriptures in our own way, like, oh yeah, that's just God. He just hates, hates me. I don't know. Or we can look at them objectively and say, this is what God is doing in the bigger scheme. And when we look at it in that objective, bigger scheme, it actually is going to cause us to elevate ourselves, to, to think in a different way, to think in a new way. So now we take all of that, we look at the gospel. He's talking, Jesus is talking to these Sadducees. Again, they only look at the Pentateuch. That's their like, form of law, like the first five books. And they deny the resurrection because within that, they don't see that being taught, being teached. Being teached? Taught. And I don't know. This is maybe my own opinion, so take it with a grain of salt. But because they deny the belief in the resurrection, the question they pose, I think, is irrelevant. 
why do you even care about trying to test me, asking about, you know, this brother married this woman, and she didn't have, they didn't have any kids, so this, why do you care? In the end, like, your question's irrelevant. It means nothing because you don't believe in the resurrection. So shut up. Like, I honestly think that sometimes in that, in that particular example. Like, they're posing this question. I'm like, you don't even believe what you're trying to test me on. Because, because they want to try to trick Jesus. And I'm like, you're, you're just a fool for trying to trick Jesus. Like, they haven't learned. Anyway, Jesus uses Scripture from the Pentateuch the five books that they hold as law to prove them wrong. <laughs> like, like, you fools. Oh, it's so funny. Because when he talks about the variant, like, there's, there's a side of it that we have to take with some prayer. Like, and when Jesus says, like, they marry, they remarry, there's no marriage in heaven. And I hear this from, from spouses and couples like, I can't wait to see my wife in heaven. I can't wait to see my, my husband in heaven. And it's like, you'll see them, but there won't be that concept of marriage. And some people get really upset about that. But, but that's not something to be sad about. Like, you're in heaven. That's a good thing. And they're in heaven. That's a good thing. But heaven has no need. And this is the reason why it, it's not a big deal. What's the purpose of marriage? in the grand scheme of life. The purpose of marriage is to have a spouse and then to have children. That's ideally why marriage should exist. Have a spouse, have children, procreate, grow the faith. Okay. When we're dead and yet alive in heaven and we live forever, do we need to make children? No. Therefore, do we need to be married? No. Therefore, marriage not necessary in heaven doesn't mean you won't recognize and have a certain appreciation or love for people in heaven, but also what's the purpose of heaven? God! Not spouse anymore, not child anymore, not friend anymore. Him! He's the big deal! If you want to yell at me about this, after Mass, not right now. Let's continue. So he uses the Pentateuch when he says Moses. He, the Sadducees the, like, well, Moses said this. He's like, well, Moses also said this. He says Moses talks about the God of Abraham, the God of Jacob, the God of Isaac, like a living God. Which means after this, there's more life in heaven. If there is a resurrection from the dead, then this life is not all that there is. And there may be something worth dying for. There may be something worth giving my life for here to promote something there. So this is, the, this is one of the commentaries I read. It was really, really insightful. People who are willing to die for truth are hard to manipulate over long periods of time. People whose only hope is for this life are easier for the elite to control because making their lives miserable right now 
is usually enough to dissuade them from rebellion. We're not going to get political, but you can presume a few things there. But that's exactly what happened in Maccabees. There's this elite political revolt. And yet those brothers and their mother recognized that there was something so truthful, so adamant, so necessary that they were willing to give their life because this existence, it wasn't the end-all be-all. And all those that were fearful and like, oh no, my life, I want to live as long as I can. You know, they, they changed. They sold out. Because they couldn't see or understand there is something greater. And for all of us, we have to ask a question. We have to be willing to allow our way of thinking to change because of Jesus' word. Because if Jesus, in his own lips, from his own story, says there is life after this, there is resurrection, then the question I have to ask is, am I willing to give my life for him? Am I willing to surrender everything that's right here and now for something that's not seeable, not fully comprehensible or knowable, not something that can even be maybe tangibly touched? Am I willing to put faith into this because of the truth of him? That's hard. It's a big ask. And if you were to ask me that 15 years ago, I'd say, nope. Not, nope, I'm doing what I want to do. I like my life. I've got my sports. I've got my, my people. I've got my stuff. I've got my material things. I'm, I'm happy right here. The minute, not the minute, that's not fair. In the years after I've accepted this faith, after becoming Catholic, after going all in, this stuff is fine. I can't wait for heaven. I'm not looking to be killed anytime soon. But if it came down to it today and someone could put a gun against my head and says, renounce Jesus or die... I'm not renouncing Jesus. I've gotten to that place. We all have to work our way to get there. But if we have these examples of witnesses, saints, martyrs, it's something worth really considering. It's really worth examining. It's really worth contemplating. And so yeah, that question, am I... Do I allow the word of God himself to make me, to cause me to, to truly like discern what is of value? And if I struggle, if I struggle with God, if I struggle with faith, if I, if I don't know anything, if, I, if I'm really questioning everything, am I willing to talk to someone about this? Am I willing to have a conversation? Am I willing to have my mind be changed? Am I willing to, to get into a discussion? Or do I just kind of sit back and let it play out? I challenge us, uh, I challenge everyone and myself, 
to really examine that question, to take that to prayer. Like, am I willing to allow Jesus' words to change my life? And if there's something I struggle with, am I willing to go to someone to talk to them? And I tell you this, I tell you this a lot, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. And I'm, I'm, I'm here and I'm ready for that conversation. I, I may not, we may not get to where you want to get to, you, may, you might walk out there more angry at me, I don't know, um, but I'm, I'm there for you, I'm here, I'm ready for that. Because um, I think it's important. It's kind of why I gave my life over to it. So when I give my life over to it, I give my life to you. I just ask that you really consider, like, is this worth giving everything over?